Hey, this is Glory Every Day, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kayla Turner. Join me each week as I talk with a friend about how God is at work in our lives for His glory. I love to tell stories, laugh, and accidentally cry often. My hope is that hearing these conversations will encourage you with fresh eyes to see how God is at work in your own life for His glory. Because whether you are cleaning a bathroom, working at your computer, or having coffee with a friend, God can be glorified in all of it. So my friend Brianna is sitting here with me today, Brianna Lindenmeyer. My maiden name is Meyer, so I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's easy for me to say. I just have to remember the first part of the last name. (laughs) But uh, Brianna and I met through a mutual friend, one of my really dear friends from college. She and I were having coffee several weeks ago, and she had just mentioned, hey, I think you might want to connect with my friend Brianna. Um, She goes, she wrote a book. (laughs) She says she wrote a book and she speaks a lot. Um, and so we we talked a little bit about your story and, and kind of your platform and what you love to, yeah. to talk about and share in a way that is encouraging to others going through similar things. And so I said, yes, I think I would like to meet her. So we went and got <laughs> coffee. Well, you got tea, I got coffee. Yes. But nonetheless, we had, had, had some good chats. And so I wanted to invite her to sit with me today and have a lot of conversations, hopefully, around, um, around her book. She is an author and around... Um, Yeah, just the topics that she's passionate about. But I'm going to let her introduce herself first. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. um, My name is Brianna Lindenmeyer, and um, I just turned 30. So yay. I just entered into the, I hear it's the fun decade. So so we'll go into that. (laughs) Nothing breaks until 40 is what I hear. Oh, well, I have a story for you. (laughs) It was 35 for me. I'm hoping for 40. We're hoping we can make it till 40. Um, I hope so too. So I'm married and live in the Northland and attend Antioch Bible Baptist Church and um, just the Northland of Kansas City. Yes, sorry, yeah. Northland. No worries. Yep, yep, Kansas City. Um, good old Casey. Chiefs fans. Yeah, we have a dog, crazy dog, um, and we love it here. We mm-hmm. love Kansas City. It's our home. Yeah, so. and you you spit teacher. Used to be a teacher, yes, and now my husband and I are our wedding photographers, so mm-hmm. uh, we do that full time now. Yeah. So, and you have a couple of other little side gigs, don't you? Yes, I part time help with with um, you know um, what am I totally talking about? Um, some online teaching, and then I wrote a book. So that's and you teach swim lessons too, or swim something? Lessons, don't you? Yes, yeah. You can just kind of I love that you gander do the random all the things, things I have, but um, or. <laughs> help organize things a lot so Mm -hmm. just random yeah random things that's great I love it I love that that your your new vocation like allows you for a lot of flexibility in those things and way more times to be have friends and more time for friends more time for coffee dates and that's the plug for being a photographer go be a photographer so you have time for friends yes yes (laughs) you have make your own schedule yes love it that's fantastic so why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and kind of where your your passions for um conversations around your story i'm trying not to steal it from you i'll let you go ahead and and, and let us know perfect um so my husband and i's story started um i mean we've been married we celebrated eight years. Um, and then like most, most people, I'll say most people, um, after a few years, you're kind of ready to make that next step and, um, start a family. And that did not come easy for us. We, um, really asked God if, if we were going to be able to get pregnant. And after about a year and a half, he said yes. And we celebrated that little baby. Um, and, 
um, just shared it with our families and we're so excited. And, and then uh, about a month after we found out we were pregnant, we um, found out we had lost our baby mm-hmm. and it no longer had a heartbeat um, and just went through the awful, awful, long, drawn out process of yeah. a miscarriage, mm-hmm. a missed miscarriage. And um, with that, um, you know, it's the never ending doctor's appointments yeah. and tests. And um, it ended up being long and drawn out and you just kind of go numb through the whole yeah. process. And uh, then we finally had a, a DNC later on. Um, and uh, we were pretty ready to try after about a month after our DNC. We were, we were ready to get back in the game a little bit. Um, we had really hard conversations about that, which we can talk about more later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, we are we are still ready to start our family. And um, we felt like God had said yes. So we were just going to keep trying mm-hmm. and keep going. And um, a few months later, we were still, everybody told you, you know, oftentimes you get pregnant again right after a miscarriage. Right, right. And, and so, like, we were hopeful and we were like, okay, no big deal. We'll just... Uh, I mean, we dealt with the grief of, of the miscarriage, but then, um, we were pretty hoping that we were going to be able to get pregnant again pretty quickly, um, since we had just been able to get pregnant and that didn't happen. Um, we waited another six months and kept trying and, and nothing. And, you know, the Lord just really rested on my heart where I was at and, um, just started giving me a heart for the women who were stuck mm-hmm. in this this time and the yeah. weight that it takes on you. And um, the Lord's really given me this love for writing. And so he laid it on my heart to, to write a book and just encourage other women who are in the exact same place as I am and um, how to just you know, you find with infertility and miscarriages, like it either pushes you away from God or it brings you yeah. closer. And mm-hmm. um, I just felt like I was... I just needed to be there to help women find the Lord yeah. um, in the darkness of these moments. And so it's been four years since, almost four years since our miscarriage. So if you count that, that's six total since we started trying. Um, yeah. So it's been a very long journey, but the book has, you know, just the Lord has truly used it. And um, I've been able to just love on women who are in the same spot as me and oftentimes people expect me to be like oh I'll share my journey because I now have a child and I now have this precious bow on the ending of my story but I don't and I think that's just where God calls us to use our stories is in the midst of the dark yes the dark dark time so it's my everyday is Mm -hmm. infertility and um you know you carry the weight of a Mm -hmm. miscarriage and um but that that's where God uses us so yeah that was one of the things that was most intriguing to me, I think, when our our mutual friend had talked a little bit about you is I felt so interested in the idea that you had written the book without the bow on the end yeah. because I think oftentimes people can hold their stories close to their chest, you know, until sure. they feel like there's resolve or until they feel like the Lord's used it or, you know, they know they have closure or, or yeah. you know, like until fill in the blank, whatever. And so I really love and am am encouraged by your desire to just be vulnerable now and say, this is where we are. This is how he's using me. Uh, Tell us the name of your book. I love it so much. It's called The Secret Club. And um, (laughs) it just kind of came to me. Somebody had mentioned it early on in our trying, um, like before we had our miscarriage. A friend of mine had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says, you know, it just kind of feels like you're in a secret club. And, you know, Mm -hmm. someone who was new to trying, like, 
didn't think I'd ever yeah. um, experience that. And then after our miscarriage, I was like, man, it really is. It really mm-hmm. is a secret club. Nobody talks about it. It has mm-hmm. weight and nobody really wants to be in the club. And mm-hmm. once you're in the club, you carry it with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to identify you, but you sure. carry the weight of yeah. of being a member. So Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about you just said you know, nobody talks about it. And I, I, I think I'm, I'm questioning a little bit like, and I think I shared with you several about, about five years ago, five and a half years ago, we had a miscarriage as well. Um, and I don't think that was completely my experience. Mm -hmm. I think I now, but see, people would say that to me. Mm -hmm. So like we would share that and then people would say, oh, we're glad you shared because nobody talks about it. But I also feel like I wasn't, I didn't feel solo or I didn't feel like I was a forerunner Mm -hmm. in sharing it either. You know, like it just, that felt normal. And, and because normal for us in the sense of like, it made sense for us to share that information with our community and with our family and things. Um, And so what do you think is, what are some of the gaps and and why there are why it sometimes is still yeah. not talked about as much maybe and what do, what do you think it takes to kind of move towards that being something that people feel more comfortable talking about yeah so i feel like there's some big things that um you know satan really uses in this mm-hmm. this you know in these trials mm-hmm. with with loss or even with trying um I feel like he wants to isolate you. And if you want, if you let yourself be isolated and you build up these walls and then it's very hard to enjoy those sweet, beautiful moments and enjoy the community because you, Mm -hmm. you find safety in that isolation and, and that, but that's false. That's Mm -hmm. not true. That's not how God designed us. God designed us for fellowship. He designed Mm -hmm. us for community, but you almost get like lured into, um, these, not that emotions are wrong, but these really hard emotions and you can't get out yeah and it creates a bitterness where you're not able to express how you really feel mm-hmm. um like you think about uh, you know baby showers and announcements and exciting things for for people's lives but if you've just experienced that or you're walking mm-hmm. through and nobody knows you're trying but you're trying and it's right. frustrating um then you just build up these walls and you hide behind you hide behind them and it creates a form of bitterness and so it's so that's where it's it's those are very real feelings and they're validated and but it's just how do we break down those walls how do we um seek community when we don't want community how Mm -hmm. do we you know fight for those things so um and they're worth the fight because that's what god designed is for the body of Mm -hmm. christ and for the community to just surround those who are hurting and so yeah i not sure if that completely answered your question, but just that those are real, real hard things that depending on how you respond to certain things, mm-hmm. it will mm-hmm. change, yeah. you know, and good days, bad days. Sure. All of them. So, yeah, because, you know, even somebody in a maybe routine mm-hmm. Just in their normal routine, like if life feels quote unquote, no, mm-hmm. quote normal, like you still have like mood, like you still have good days and bad days, yeah. you know, like yeah. I need, oh, I yeah. need grace when I'm PMSing, yeah. you know, like yeah. we need grace. So like in, like in like just the everyday, but also like when people are experiencing mm-hmm. big things, like yeah. there's also like different kinds of grace that yeah. we need. What does it look like to engage with one another in community when it's different so like you kind of mentioned baby showers or Mm -hmm. um and I think even beyond that you know speak from your experience but like 
not just baby showers, but like wedding showers when you're the mm-hmm. single person sure. and you're ready to be married and just, ha- you know, being being in a position where you feel like you're constantly celebrating everybody else yeah. with things that you really desire and hope for that aren't bad things. Mm-hmm. They're good things. Right. We were made We were made to desire them. But how has it looked for you in maybe good days and bad days, you know, like we talked yeah. about, but what's it looked like to engage and celebrate when that's hard. Yeah. So, um, I actually talk about this in my book a little bit because, mm-hmm. um, the Lord really challenged me mm-hmm. after our miscarriage. Um, we had another family member that was going to be born, which mm-hmm. was exciting. I was going to have my first nephew mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, battling through those emotions of, of grief while celebrating someone's, um, life. My beautiful sister-in-law, you know, she, we had very hard conversations anyway. Um, that were good. She, yeah. we just talked about the hard things and the good things. And she was so supportive to me through it all, mm-hmm. even though, you know, oftentimes when you're friends with someone who's pregnant and you're trying so hard, those relationships can, can be broken. But, yeah. but she was so kind and, um, just truly loved the Lord and wanted community with me and was willing to have those hard conversations. But I just remember, and I talk about this in the book is I was at her, I was at her baby shower and regardless of what you're waiting on or Mm -hmm. you know this could apply to to that too um I just remember sitting there and I started to have um some some pretty hard feelings just um the weight of what we had lost that Mm -hmm. we would have been here we would have been in this baby shower we would have well not that one but a baby shower and and we would have you know been experiencing all these fun conversations Mm and you just kind of go to this really lonely place and the Lord just by his grace grabbed a hold of me while I'm sitting there at her baby shower just kind of going within myself and um he was like what are you mad at Hmm. and um you know that was just something that just kind of woke me up and I and it it was just like what do you who are what are you really mad at and I really had to think about that and I I could have been like and I feel like as somebody from the outside it's like oh well I'm mad that I'm at a baby shower when I'm not having no that's Mm -hmm. not really the thing that's not really why I'm mad I'm mad because the Lord's not giving me what Mm. I want and his plan my plan is not his plan right now and that's very frustrating Mm -hmm. um and so your real anger I think oftentimes we take out on people and situations Mm -hmm. and people who get what we want yeah but the person that we actually have the problem with is, mm-hmm. is we're angry with God. Mm-hmm. And so until you can really aggre- address that mm-hmm. and and like talk to the Lord about yeah. it, I mean, he is a, a personable God and he gives you the, the beautiful thing about having a relationship with him is you can come to him with with everything you have and and just fall at his feet and say I'm mad I Mm -hmm. don't understand why you gave us a baby and then took it away I Mm -hmm. don't understand why you're making us wait Mm -hmm. and by his grace he Mm -hmm. just fills you up you know and um and I think ever since I had that that I don't know kind of moment at her baby shower whenever I start to fall back into those moments of just really going within believing the lies that I'm alone I'm gonna feel this forever what if it never happens any of those like he just reawakes me to that moment where he's like, I, my plan is, is better than yours. Mm-hmm. And, and resting in that is, is so beautiful and so hard. And it's something that you fight moment by moment yeah. with. But, um, you know, that time at that baby shower was just very awakening to me yeah. of, 
yeah, my emotions aren't towards anybody here mm-hmm. or, you know, my beautiful sister-in-law who's about to have my nephew. Uh, any, anything, it's, it, my problem is with, is with, was with God and I had to address that. So I love so much the way, like you're talking about your relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and it's, it so stands out to me that, you know, you talked about things like this can either draw you closer to the Lord mm-hmm. or or move you away. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that you have been drawn very close to the Lord. But I also suspect, and I'm going to let you answer me on this, that that you were walking with Jesus dis- with, with great discipline, not just, you know, going to church on Sundays or whatever, sure. but like you had a rooted faith prior mm-hmm. to all of this. Is that accurate? Yeah. that, that um, And I think that's what's so important to recognize. You know, actually last year at our women's retreat, we talked a lot about this in Ecclesiastes 3 and just different seasons and like what it looks like to do the work in season and out of season mm-hmm. because you are clearly rooted and like that's evident in your presence and like I hope that you hear that in your ears as well, you know, as the <laughs> listeners, but like I, I'm looking at her and like, I just, I can see it. And so, you know, we are not promised a life without no. problems, right? We're on this side of glory. We are among brokenness and we are sinful people. Um, and so there is such a call and like, I just like want to speak to the truth of it mm-hmm. that I see that you have done the work and not like done the work, check it off my list, I'm done, mm-hmm. but like doing presently the work and continue to because that's so important for when we do hit trials because yeah. we will and what, you know, of, of all kinds of different kinds, but that we can face them with a faith mm-hmm. and to to even be able to understand like theologically, like, oh, I can be mad at God. Like, I feel like I have, you know, I've, I know people in my life might maybe that would say I can't be mad at God, but if the reality is you actually are, you're just afraid to say it maybe. Mm -hmm. And so like, I love the way that you even just unpacked that. And, you know, I thought this, because that feels like a prettier answer. Oh, I'm mad because I'm not, it's not me, you know, but you, um, like you took that further, um, again, because you were accustomed and used to the voice of the Holy Spirit, like you knew, you knew the presence of that in your life. And so to be able to be led through that conversation with the Lord, but also, to recognize the truth that like if I'm mad at God he already knows like yeah. I can't I can't pretend I'm not right but let, so let's name the thing because he can handle it right and it's better to wrestle it out with him mm-hmm. than it is to just pretend it's not there and not right. deal with it and isolate and yes get bitter and yeah oh yeah all, all of that um you had mentioned earlier the um the call in your heart for other women that Mm -hmm. like in the midst of it, you felt this weight to help Mm -hmm. other people. I'm curious, are you like a natural leader? Do you find yourself in (laughs) leadership positions like easily or was this like a huge thing or it felt natural? I have to ask some people who know me because I feel like in some instances, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm a a leader. Mm -hmm. I can lead well, but Mm -hmm. in other things I'm fine to follow. So yeah, (laughs) sure. There are different areas, but, um, but yeah, for the most part, if I'm passionate about it, I I tend to at least know the direction I sure. want to go. I don't have to be the one in charge. But mm-hmm. um, I think something big about that, though, was uh, it started right after our miscarriage. We didn't really tell people a bunch when we were trying that first year and a half. Mm-hmm. We um, kept it pretty close to home. But after we had the miscarriage, I mean, I was... I was nine to 10 weeks along when I had found out our baby didn't have 
a heartbeat, maybe even a little bit longer than that. You know, you mm-hmm. don't quite know all the exact right. dates of things, but um, I just remember it was a very long process for our miscarriage. Um, my body was not accepting that we were going to have a miscarriage. Mm. I, so my body was still, I was still getting morning sickness and I was still like, I would never know that I wasn't yeah. act like the baby wasn't living. There's no way. So, um, like I was waking up every day and just having your normal pregnancy symptoms mm-hmm. and I you wow. know, wasn't bleeding. I, you know, I had no yeah. idea. The only reason I knew was, um, I was, um, I went in for an ultrasound as a model for an ultrasound tech, oh. um, at, at one of the clinics, women's clinics. And they told me my baby didn't have a heartbeat. So obviously followed that, you know, got it confirmed with my doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that I could, you know, try some things to try to, um, how, help my body recognize that the baby wasn't living anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that was like long weeks and I went to work. <laughs> yeah. I, what, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I'm not going to just sit at home and honestly, I just was so numb to it that I'm, that's kind of the way I respond to things is I just okay. keep going. And so, yeah. um, I just went to work and I just felt a calling from the very beginning to just be bold even when it's hard. That's what, you know, cause I was falling apart one minute and like mm-hmm. totally fine the next. Yeah. And then just, it was awful. Um, there was a lady that I worked with who was actually, um, pregnant and had the due date at about the same time as me and had kind of announced and shared that she was yeah. pregnant. And so to me, that just pretty much destroyed me from within yeah. to yeah. know that the next few months I, w- I would basically watch her be the exact same size yeah. that I would be. So that was very hard and something that I was, so I would just avoid her. Um, and she was actually a very good friend of mine. So that didn't last very long. Yeah. Um, eventually I just, you know, worked through that and just had to learn how to celebrate life. Um, but there were people who would ask me like during those weeks of waiting for my body to figure out that I wasn't pregnant anymore. Um, that people would ask me like, Oh, how are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, actually not very good. (laughs) And I just felt like even though it was really hard and that even though I would sometimes cry that the Lord really wanted me to be bold with it. Mm. And so I just would say like, Oh, I'm not doing very well. And oftentimes they would ask why. And, Mm -hmm. and I would say I'm in the process of going through a miscarriage and that's, that's where we're at right now. And that's, that's hard. And, and, you wouldn't believe the conversations that were brought to light because Mm -hmm. I was able to be bold. And even though they had no idea what they were walking into, but the Lord had an idea and he knew. And for like, they were people who normally don't, I don't run into. They were Uh people who don't normally ask me how I'm doing. And it's like the Lord just put everything in place. And it was super hard for the words to come out of my mouth. But once they did, it was so just like so obvious that the Lord ordained for those conversations mm-hmm. to happen and it was so encouraging to mm-hmm. me to to just rem- honestly reminding myself that I'm not alone and that there's women and even men everywhere who have mm-hmm. experienced the weight of miscarriages and obviously men but um like men actually sharing about their own stories mm-hmm. and the weight that I carry so yeah. it was it was really great to be able to be bold. And so from the yeah. start, I've just kind of said, okay, even mm-hmm. if something's not worded perfectly or people don't ask the question right, yeah. I'm just going to be bold and I'm going to s- see it as an opportunity to share my story. Yeah. 
I want to talk more about that. Okay. Because I, lo- I love that so much. You know, you said, even if they don't ask the question right, because I think there's a couple couple directions this conversation could go because part of it is there are going to be people that avoid it and don't say anything mm-hmm. because they yeah. don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. There'll be people that maybe just say it totally wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there there might be moments when somebody nails it, right? But like, what does it look like to hold grace, to to understand that really most of the time people mean well? You know, like I think in, when we're in a place of hurt, we can react mm-hmm. and feel like it's none of their business or how sure. could they think that? But like if I'm really, you know, you were talking about peeling back the question again, like do I really think they mean to be mean to me or right. do they maybe just really care and they don't know how to ask in a way that's right. because we're all wired differently. So mm-hmm. we're all going to handle and process things differently. Sure. Um, what, gosh, and if you, it's okay if you don't want to answer this, but like, can you think of a moment where you felt like somebody asked something that felt, made, I wish you would have asked this differently, but I'm going to step in sure. and answer anyway? Yeah, I think um, sometimes where I feel that way a lot is when people like to, they like to share their opinion on how they've gotten pregnant or um, just someone they know struggled. And Mm -hmm. so this is how they did it. And Mm -hmm. so it's more of a, um, they barely hear that you're like trying, you're trying for a child and they're like, oh, a friend of mine did this. And it's like okay (laughs) thank you right (laughs) and it's it's great but it's I mean I'm not saying you can't ever give advice because that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying that um that's just really hard when you're in the position of it's been six years (laughs) yeah and honestly if I just tried everything that people constantly gave me yeah um it would just be a false hope, sure. you know, it yeah. would just, it would just be one of those things where it's like, okay, this month I'm going to try, um, mucinex. And if you don't know about that, you just, anyway, um, <laughs> but this month I'm going to try mucinex for mm-hmm. my ovulation time. And, um, and, but then if it doesn't work, like you're left more empty than you were at the beginning. Sure. And so it's right. just like, it's one of those things where that, that's difficult, um, but it's also difficult with the idea of asking about, like, do you have kids? And then you kind of go through that moment where it's like, well, technically I do have a child. Yeah. My child's just in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> my child's yeah. not here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of have like that mini conversation in your head where you're like, oh, how do I answer? Um, or are you going to have kids? You know, mm-hmm. all of those are questions that people really just want to know. Right. Because they care about you. Um, they like care they're trying about you. to they know you know. as a person. And I would, I would encourage you, um, if you're looking for the right question to ask, a great one is just tell me about your family. Yeah. That's an easy way mm-hmm. to just not have to ask about kids and mm-hmm. let them tell you their heart on where they're at. Yeah. Not that there's a perfect way to say it, but I'm just saying oftentimes people sure. ask me, how should I ask that question? Yeah. That's a great way to ask. Yeah. Tell me about your family. Mm-hmm. And then they'll tell you about their family where they're at right. and not what they're planning on doing or what they're, you know, mm-hmm. you'll just hear the information you really want to know in that right. moment and um and they can be as open with you as they want to be mm-hmm. um and it's not stepping on anybody's toes yeah. um but that being said when a question gets asked that's hard um like that and very direct um i would say there's just there's just a beauty in and just recognizing taking a second and just recognizing that they don't mean it that way they yeah. don't they don't know you would lost a child they don't know you've been trying for two years but using instead recognizing that that's an opportunity for you to share mm-hmm. where god has you yeah and what god 
is doing in your life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I can't tell you how many times I've literally been at a wedding and I normally don't really talk about my, (laughs) bring up my, you know, whole history at at a wedding or anything. But I was talking to a hairdresser while we were in some waiting some awaiting period at the, at the wedding and she asked me, oh, how many kids do you have? And I said, you know, well, we actually, it was closer to our miscarriage. I said, well, we actually just lost a child and um, we've been trying for a baby for a few years. And she just immediately like, I shouldn't have asked it that way. I recognize that, that, um, and I've had it, like she had had a lot or experienced loss. Mm-hmm. And she just like, we had this great conversation because mm-hmm. I was just willing to be like, yeah, like this this is the opportunity you're allowing me to sh- yeah. speak truth into mm-hmm. your life about my life and yeah. what God's done in it. And mm-hmm. it was a beautiful moment. So I encourage you, if you can, just try to look past the wording and just yeah. look at it as an opportunity to share where God has you. And I know that's really hard for mm-hmm. a lot of people um, to do, especially if you're not really certain on where God has you yeah. at the moment, which for sure, which is truth too, so. I would love to talk a little bit about like marriage in this. Yeah. That you even mentioned earlier, men, men experience it too, yeah. right? Like they're they're right there with you. And so what has it looked like in your marriage? Like I imagine there's times when you process grief differently. Yeah. You can be in different stages of like being okay, you yeah. know, with, with oh, where yeah. you are or struggling more or just sure. kind of where you are on a spectrum can mm-hmm. often be in different places. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like what's been hard and what's been really good? Yeah. So, um, I mean, we all have different, you know, ways that we respond to grief. And the best thing I've heard about grief is that it just happens in waves. And mm-hmm. even if you're going through infertility, um, it's often defined every month as going through a mm, month of grief sure. because it's a loss of dreams. It's yeah. a loss of, you know, um, it's its own form of grief. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're, and I've had many days that I've just sat on the floor and cried, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, my husband in his, um, just in his own behavior, he's, he's not a crier, Mm -hmm. but he, he will just hold me. And that is, that's been a beautiful thing where he just doesn't really have to say anything. And he just, he just picks me up off the floor and holds me. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the best thing he can do. And he'll say sorry, and mm-hmm. he has nothing to be sorry for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's just so great in his response, and um, he was so encouraging. I mean, after our after our loss, we we really grieved together. I mean, that was a loss we both had. We'd waited for that answer. We had prayed together for that answer to have a child, and to experience that loss was was a loss to both of us. Yeah. And, I think he maybe oftentimes it's described that the man doesn't um, feel it the same. And I, and that may be true, but, um, and, and he even expressed that he didn't feel it the, you know, as he was more sad that I was sad. Yeah. Um, he didn't feel as much of the weight mm-hmm. um, of the actual loss, but he knew that I was sad and that I was hurt. And obviously some that we, it was the loss of the dream and the hope yeah. and the, the idea that he was going to be a dad, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so he experienced that. And I think it was he had men around him who reached out who yeah. had gone through it before. And mm-hmm. that was so encouraging. So he makes sure I mean, that's something that we've had friends since then that have experienced loss that he feels that he needs to mm-hmm. it's his 
duty to step up and be mm-hmm. that for other people and mm-hmm. that's so encouraging um to watch and just that we support people who are going through with no questions asked yeah. infertility or loss and we're there for them and mm-hmm. um it just makes us also just a little bit more passionate about being um celebrating life of any stage yeah. from the moment it's conceived mm-hmm. um and so that's just something that you you just don't really recognize the weight that a child even at nine weeks can have yeah. on your life mm-hmm. until you've really lost mm-hmm. a young you know a young child and um so that's that's kind of changed as we've gone um something interesting <laughs> is when I felt called to write the book which was just a f- you know several months after our miscarriage I was really not wanting to, I was looking for an excuse not to do it because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, I feel like God put some crazy ideas in my head and, and sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. <laughs> and so he's kind of my compass a little bit on yeah. like what's too crazy, what's not. And so, <laughs> and so I said, okay, like Lord, okay, okay. I'm going to just ask Kyle like what he thinks about me writing this book. And if he says you know, no, like no big, like I, this is kind of crazy, Brianna. Then I won't do it, which I really thought it was kind of crazy because yeah. I don't even like to read, which is <laughs> actually really um, interesting. I've only read like five books in my whole life, um, and they take me on average two years. So <laughs> and I'm not kidding. <laughs> so the idea of me writing a book is um, often a little bit humorous, but God calls the least to yeah. show that His strength is great. So. Um, anyway, but I do like to write. And so I, I mentioned it to him. I was like, Hey, you know, I just feel like the Lord's kind of calling me to write a book. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, if the Lord's calling you, you should do it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And that's just, that's just him. He, 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 you know, he follows the Lord with his whole heart. He's truly the leader of our family. And, um, and so, you know, he, he encourages me when I'm broken and Mm -hmm. hurt and um that's easy and that's hard I think it's even hard as we've gone through these last you know three and a half years since then of what do we do what do we do Mm -hmm. and it's like okay well what do we feel like the Lord's doing like really seeking seeking the Lord like what do you want us to do our Mm -hmm. arms are open We're, we're not set on one path or the other we just don't feel called to do one more than the other yet so Mm -hmm. that's like where we're at and that's been a big thing in our marriage of like seeking the Lord to find you know Lord what do you want us to do I do believe Mm -hmm. the Lord calls you to do you know calls you to take steps and he'll give you guidance and so when you're just waiting it's it's very hard to know Mm -hmm. Um, but I do believe the Lord answers and so he he's just been huge in that and been able to openly have conversations with me about different things and what that would look like and yeah. just he, that's that's our our marriage <laughs> that's great that's really great <laughs> we have we have our problems though don't worry <laughs> <laughs> don't we all that's right. because we're all all a work in progress yes oh yes i just don't want to put off that i have a perfect marriage oh. by any means because we all you know sure no no i i get that i think it's really, really beautiful, you know, being able to come alongside each other in yeah. that and, and walk in the places that are difficult. Um, you talked about this a little bit. And so I kind of want to tie together like, hey, how do we assume the best of intentions? How mm-hmm. do we navigate life? Because you even said earlier, you know, we're called to community. And so like mm-hmm. we're, we're called to share in grief and not be alone in the hard places. But mm-hmm. 
what, I guess a little bit advice, thoughts. So like, you know, I have, I have friends on both ends of this spectrum who, you know, have struggled with infertility, who have had loss of different kinds Mm -hmm. and, um, adoption and friends who are just pregnant all the time, you know, like those kinds of things. So like knowing that there's a spectrum, knowing that we're all called to figure out how Mm -hmm. to live together, encourage each other in community. Um, because I also feel like my friends on the, the always pregnant side of the spectrum and not even, I'm, I'm being facetious, like maybe, but like it's, it has not been a struggle for them. Right. So like, um, what does it, like, I feel like sometimes there's guilt or Mm -hmm. there's, Hey, how, like, I know that they're going through this and I'm holding this baby. Like, should I be around them? Mm -hmm. Does this make it harder for them? Should I not bring my baby? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I, what, like, tell me your thoughts. Like where, and and I know it's going to sit at different times in different ways, but just in ways like how can we help people learn to love each other well and be mindful of each other? Right. Um, so something that I have, um, just being in this community of, I love on lots of women who are struggling and just hearing kind of, um, an overview of different journeys and walks. Mm -hmm. Um, something that I've seen and heard that is, and for myself, that's, that's, um, helps build those relationships Mm -hmm. with people who are just walking a different journey than, Mm -hmm. than they are is, is the vulnerability to talk about it. Because if, if you just pretend like it's not there, um, that's, that's difficult. Somebody who's struggling feels like they're not seen. And then someone who's not struggling (laughs) looks like they don't care. Mm -hmm. And that's not true for either. But like, um, so just uh, I would say if you're in a community like if somebody's in your community who is hurting through mm-hmm. infertility or miscarriage um, and you have a good relationship with them, you should be having conversation yeah. with them of, hey, how are you doing? What what can I do to pray for you this mm-hmm. week? What's something that's been on your heart recently? Mm-hmm. All are great questions that um that genuinely anybody wants to hear when they're going through yeah. dark things. They mm-hmm. want they want people to see her hear know that they are heard and loved mm-hmm. um by everybody and and you know i think it's just something that um and i think we could say this about any struggle um something that's hard is is to see people complaining about gifts that they have you mm-hmm. know and so and but i think that's true about about anybody if if i'm sitting here complaining about uh, my marriage and somebody's waiting for marriage like that's not encouraging to them mm-hmm. and if if you're complaining about children and there's someone near you who is just dying to have children. It's just something to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Um, but also knowing that um, as a woman who's struggling, like just knowing that when you walk into a room and you're going to be around women, you should be fully in prayer with the Lord mm-hmm. before you walk in that room, that you're mentally prepared and that you understand that that your, your home is not here and that your goal in life mm-hmm. is to just serve the Lord in every opportunity. And I know people can say hurtful things and I know that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's very true. And people are hurt by hurtful things that people say. And, um, but then that there's forgiveness and you don't have to mend every relationship. There's, Mm -hmm. there's people who are going to be part of your community and people who are, who are not going to be supportive in that. And Mm -hmm. so being able to really just seek the Lord for Mm -hmm. who that community for you is, is so special. Um, I think something really unique and, um, I love my small group um, at church. My husband and I are at, uh, our leaders at our small group, and um, we're the only ones who don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And 
but I, I would never pick any, any different small group. Yeah. Um, and I, and I'm going to tell you why, because we truly get together and just study the word. And if you're studying the word, the word's a living and breathing mm-hmm. document that's going to, that's going to impact you everywhere in your life, regardless of what trial you're walking through. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I love that. I can be encouraged by women who have my dearest friend has five children and, mm-hmm. and she encourages me every day. And yeah. it's just something that, um, that we view them as family and that mm-hmm. they're encouraging to us. And, um, they ask the hard questions mm-hmm. and they, they invite us to things, even if it's, even if, you know, not, I'm not talking about that family anymore, but just being invited to things, even if you know, it's hard, let, let, let the person who's struggling make the decision if they're yeah. able to come, you sure. know, always invite, always include, yeah. that's um, good. because that's, that's important and it's important to feel loved. And if they say no, you know, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not ready to come to whatever event. Mm-hmm that's fine. Just know it has nothing to do with you. And when they're ready, you just keep inviting, Mm -hmm. keep loving on them. Um, and eventually that'll help break down those walls that we tend to hide behind. So that's good. That's really good. Will you tell us real quick, a little bit about, um, how you've been using your book and, and ways that people can access it and use it and what they can do in their, their church community? Sure. Yeah. So the secret club is a book Um, I'll kind of give you just a little overview. It's my story and six others um, who have all walked different routes of infertility and miscarriage. Um, Everything from embryo adoption, which is really, really, really fascinating um, through, you know, IUIs, through adoption, um, losses, you know, from infant to to, um, in the womb, everything. Um, And it's just... It has 284 scriptures in it that just the whole point of it is to just point you back to the Lord in mm-hmm. every dark time. And it, it deals with the real and raw relation emotions and relationships that you you go through in, mm-hmm. in this walk. And so um, my heart behind it was that I wanted to use it as a ministry uh, to give women a safe space um, to come in and honestly to just build community with each other. And mm-hmm. then to build community, um, and a relationship back with the Lord or to just, um, make it more deep, um, with the Lord and just fall back into the Lord's arms. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, um, meet with women a few times a year. We do, um, like an eight week class through it and just meet once a week and go through the chapter and, um, ask a lot of questions, share each other, share stories of, um, like hard things that we've had been dealing with and mm-hmm. man the lord just used it yeah. it's been so cool i mean the f- the friendships and just the moments i've had i'll cherish forever um yeah. they each each woman is just so encouraging to me and some of them go on to you know they end up having a baby or they but they will always cherish that th- that time in that community um and it's just something to encourage each other through every day yeah. so we yeah. still text regularly all yeah. all my groups do so uh, all the groups <laughs> yes so um, you can actually start your own group at your own church mm-hmm. um through it and the questions are in the book so yeah at the end of each chapter right yeah yeah, yeah. and then there's an online um if you're going to do like a full big book study there's yeah. like 
um, a, like facilitator's guide through sure. it. So um, just as some helpful things yeah. and some ways We'll to, link that in the show notes, but mm-hmm. go ahead and tell us where all that can be found. Yeah. So it has its own website. It's um, the secret club book dot com so <laughs> the secret club was i guess taken dot com so the <laughs> secret club book dot com um and then you can also order it on amazon or it's available on all of the platforms yeah. that you can just read things online for so um but 50 percent of the profits go to support women who are struggling with infertility mm-hmm. we just build up that fund and help where we can for yeah. things so it's great. Um, my goal, and it was not to make money. It was yeah. just to spread sure. spread encouragement for women. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Till yeah. <laughs> I love it. You're doing it. You're doing oh, it goodness. so well. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for, um, yeah, just being vulnerable yeah. and sharing those things with us and helping us unpack some of the things that sometimes just feel like weirdness or an elephant in the room, yeah. but, but encouraging us to be vulnerable and ask yeah. people and, and just being prayerful. Like we can really apply that to most places in our mm-hmm. lives, right? If mm-hmm. we are walking in step with the spirit, if we are prayerfully asking the Lord that he would lead us and we still don't always get it right, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, you no. know, you, were, when you were saying you had the idea about a book and you're like, wait, you know, is that, is that my idea? Did God give me that idea? I don't know. Um, but you know, like we have those yeah. moments. And so like we have grace for ourselves because Christ has grace for us and what it looks like to just continue to work those muscles. But before we go, mm-hmm. I would love for you to tell us something that has made you laugh really hard recently since we know and believe that God is glorified in our laughter. What is something that has oh, made you laugh man. really hard recently? It's really random. I love it. Okay. That makes it great. So my <laughs> husband and I have memories at McDonald's. I don't know why, um, but every time we go to McDonald's, it's like our late night snack okay. place. <laughs> We always have really crazy things that happen sometimes because where else would things happen <laughs> at McDonald's? And so um, I'll just give you a backstory. So the first time we were dating when we first went to McDonald's, shared okay. this love of McFlurries. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I get a M&M mini McFlurry. Um, but anyway, so we went and um, it had been like two weeks since we went before. And so we got there at like you know, 10 o'clock and oftentimes they tell you their ice cream machine's been shut down or broken or something, but it's, they right. just already turned it off for the night. Um, anyway, and so he, he we ordered a M&M mini McFlurry and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we haven't been serving those for like a long time. And we're like, well, we were here like two weeks ago. And she's like, well, it's been ever since I have worked here. And we're like, well, how long have you worked there? And she's <laughs> like, oh, like two weeks. <laughs> So that's kind of the first one that we just like died laughing. It's just like so weird. My whole my whole McDonald's my life. My whole McDonald's not- life. But recently we went and they have this this new like um, fancy thing where it tries to. It's an automated thing and mm-hmm. it let you like say your order and it gets it. And so my my husband uses the McDonald's app. So we never because you're for real fa- fans. We never <laughs> pay full price for anything. Um, so he's like I have a code because that's what you have to say to like talk to somebody to put your code in and so she was like one medium coke and he's like no a code two medium cokes and so he's like screaming at the board and so we were just dying and so finally the lady came on and (laughs) got it fixed but it was like 
what is happening? Right? Why can't we just talk to somebody? Oh <laughs> we were just talking about that, I think, yesterday or the day before. Like, just the constant... Like, I feel like people have drive through stories because yeah. it's oh, so yeah. confusing. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, at what point do the people, like, are they on standby I if the know. automation doesn't work? Like, oh, no if idea. it repeats it three times, do I yeah. jump in? <laughs> We're like, just, can we talk to somebody? I need a human <laughs> code. She's like, so two medium cups? No, we just have a code. Okay. <laughs> we just have a code. Oh, that's funny. So I'm giving it left. to you. Don't <laughs> give me the code. I don't want a Coke. <laughs> that's so funny. I love it. That's so, great. That, well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for sharing course. that. I need yeah. the giggle. Uh, but really, thank you for being so honest yeah. and, and being here today. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. It's been so fun. So. You guys, thanks for joining me today as I talked with Brianna. I think there are a couple takeaways. One is that I think we can be encouraged whether or not our stories are the same as someone else, but the fact that she's leveraging her story that's really tender and really um, not finished yet, like it's still in the works and the Lord is still doing big things. And I think often we can have a tendency to hide our testimony and want to wait until we have this tied tied up package with a big finish and say, and then God did this big thing. But even in the waiting, our stories are really powerful. And so whether or not you relate, like I think one of the encouragements for us is, is to leverage our story and say, Hey, this is what God's doing in my life now. And I don't know what tomorrow looks like. And I don't know what my hope in him will bring, but I know that hope does not disappoint in Jesus. And the other, the other encouragement I have is, is just to remember that whether or not we relate to stories in the same way, that, that we can still celebrate what God is doing and we can still do the opposite of that. We can still hurt with other people when they're hurting too. And so um, I love this opportunity to share stories and share what the Lord is doing in other people's lives. And so thank you for listening. If you are interested in connecting with Brianna, um, she's on Facebook, Brianna Lindemeyer. You can also get her book, The Secret Club. And in that book, you can use it to create a group um, with other people that are walking through similar things as you. And so you can find her book on Amazon or other places called The Secret Club. Thanks guys. I'll see you in two weeks.